Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study one parak of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Yitzchak Yet Shalom and I'm delighted to be studying Sefer Eov with you. We are in the middle of Eliphaz's first response to Eov. Uh, we finished Parak Dalad and uh, this response covers Parak Dalad and Hay. And now in Parak Hay. Kranaha Yesh Oneka. So Eliphaz turns to Eov and says, Call out, is anybody going to answer you? And his sentiment may mean that God indeed responds to those who call to him, but you're not calling to God, you're just complaining. Within the context of Eov, the sense seems to be, which one of the angels will you turn to uh, with your prayer? And here, Le'avil is like Eta'avil, that anger or turmoil kills the fool, Ufote tamit kina and jealousy, and again, that's not just jealousy in the in the literal sense, though it's used in English, but that again, that turmoil and upsetness about the way life is, will kill the fool. Anira iti avil mashrish, and now Eliphaz shares an observation. I have seen uh, the fool, the sinner, try to take root. Try to settle down and get comfortable. Va'ekov navehu pitom. And I cursed his settlement where he lives suddenly. Or what it may mean is, and I realized that what he's settling into is going to be cursed. And so what happens? I knew that your chakuvanav miyasha. His children will be far from salvation, meaning they won't be secure. Vidakuvashar ve'in matzil. They will be oppressed. They're going to come to the to the gates, that's the court, and nobody's going to be there to help them. In other words, this Evil who's setting down roots, it's all very temporary. Asher Ktsiro, what why is that the case? Because going back to the father, Asher Ktsiro, his harvest, Ra'evyochel, will be eaten by a hungry one person. There's two ways to read this. One is that his harvest will become uh disowned and out there for anybody to take, so the hungry, the poor will take it. The other possibility is his children will be hungry and they're going to be the ones who eat it. Vel mitzinim Mitzinim seems to be, the mem doesn't seem to be the prefix mem, but rather matzen, like a basket, that it will be taken into the baskets of the poor. V'sha'af tzamim chelam. Tzamim here seems to be tzmeim, parallel to ra'ev. The thirsty ones will will take it in. And now he moves to a different argument. He's saying that uh, your afflictions that you're complaining about are man-made. They're not just part of the part of nature. Lo aven. Sin does not come out of the earth, out of the dirt. And travail does not grow out of the ground. Rather, ki adam le'amal yulad. Man is born into travail. What does that mean? Uvne reshef yagbihu uf. Reshef here seems to be arrows. That the arrows are lifted up. Who do you think lifts the arrows? Man shoots the arrows. In other words, man creates his own troubles. Ulam ani adrosh elel. So what do I do? Unlike you, Eov, who is complaining, I seek out God. Vel Elohim asim divrati. I put my words to God. Why? Oseg dolot ve'en cheker. And this is a theme which will become very great at the end of the book. He is one who does great things beyond comprehension. Niflaot ha'in mispar, wondrous things beyond number. Hanoten matar, matar al He puts rain over the earth, 
and sends water out that seems to be tributaries into all the areas. In other words, he brings life to the world. Man brings death to the world. God brings life to the world. So I seek out God. And God takes the low ones and picks them up, a theme we see in Tehillim Kufyud Gimel and in Shirat Chanat, Filat Chanat. The Kodrim Sagvu Yesha. Kodrim seems to be people with their heads bowed. Halachnu Kedoranit, says Malachi. Sagvu Yesha. They are lifted up with salvation. And in the meantime, Mefer Machshavot Arumim. So he lifts up the lowly. In the meantime, he also refutes the intention. Machshava here doesn't just mean thoughts, but it means plans of the devious ones. Vlota Asenai Dehem Tushia. Their hands cannot accomplish anything. These are chachamim who are not righteous, but wise people who are strategizing against others. He trips them up in their own cleverness. And the counsel of those who are crooked is is subdued. In the day, they bump into night, meaning they, they have darkness during the day. This is picked from the, from the Pasuk and Dvarim Chavchet, that they are feeling their ways around at, uh, like the middle of the night during the brightest time of the day. They're in darkness. And God saves them, others, that is, from the sword, or that is the knife, really, of their mouth, meaning that a constant theme throughout Tanakh is of the poor being swallowed up by the rich, and the rich taking them into their throats. So God saves them from the knife, the cherev, that would cut them to eat them, uh, metaphoric here, and saves the poor man, the destitute man, from the strong one. And so the poor, the indigenous one, the, uh, the indigent one, is uh, suddenly has tikva meaning an anticipation and indeed a realization of some better future. And the wicked one shuts its mouth. Happy is a man who is rebuked by God. Do not reject the instruction of God. Indeed, he causes pain, but then he heals. He slaps or hurts, but then his hands let go. In other words, if God is one afflicting you, God is also going to heal you. This is a number scheme that we see a lot at the end of Mishlei, within wisdom literature, the six and the seven. It's something that's prominent also in the beginning of Sefer Amos, the three and the four. It's a number scheme throughout Tanakh, which we call N and N plus one, um, and uh, it also appears in Kohelet several times. Uh, with in in six troubles, he will save you, and the, in the seventh one, nothing bad will touch you. And there aren't six here, really. It's just a uh, again a form. Barav mavet. When you were hungry, but he saved you from dying. In other words, you were hungry, you were starving, but he saved you from dying. And you're in war, but he saved you from actually being slaughtered by the sword. When there is a wicked tongue after you, you're able to hide. You know, somebody who's trying to inform on you. And you don't have to be afraid of pillaging that happens when it comes. And you're able to laugh in the face of pillaging and in hunger. 
You're not afraid of the wild beasts. You have a breed, you have a covenant with the rocks of the field. And the wild beasts of the field are at peace with you. Now there's two different ways to read this entire description of Eliphaz. One is that by giving up worldly luxuries and becoming a very simple person, you're really at home with nature, and you're not afraid of all of these things, which a more sheltered, fastidious life gives you. The other possibility is that when you have your faith in God, you're not afraid of any of these natural phenomena, because it's always man who's causing the evil. And the result is, You'll know that your tent, your house, is at peace. You visit your house, and you will not see any sin there. The Chazal have interesting midrashim about that. Nerot Shabbat. V'yadata kirav zaracha. And you'll know that you have lots of children. Which, of course, within the context of the story of Eov, this is a very painful point right now. It says, And your descendants will be like the grass of the field. It seems to mean that you will come to the grave, to the to death, at a right time. Ka'alot gadish pito, which we see from the parallel, just like the wheat grows at its right time. This is something we've investigated. It's indeed true. And as, as Eliphaz said earlier, take Musar uh, and, and learn from it. He says, hear it, and you should know this. This is indeed the truth. And that sets up Eov now for his first real response, uh, which is his response to Eliphaz, which we'll see in the next parak. Everybody should have a wonderful day.